And welcome, everybody, to FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fedoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on Twitter, at Fedoff. So for episode 79 today, as I promised in previous podcasts, we're going to be talking about Matt Doherty, former men's basketball coach at Notre Dame. I always said I think a lot of people just think it was legendary coach Digger Phelps and then coach Mike Bray, who stepped aside this year to uh, – Retire from Notre Dame, but still keep coaching. He's going to be coaching uh, an assistant coach for the Atlanta Hawks of the NBA. And the thing is, we had two coaches in between there that I just think a lot of people forget about. One being John McLeod, and then after John McLeod was Matt Doherty. But before I get to that subject, I did want to make uh, note that, yes, I know there is some movement in the men's basketball team and the women's basketball team this week. There's been some players that have signed with Notre Dame and as well as uh, the women's team as well from the transfer portal. And the men actually had a signee out of high school. Uh, his name's Kerry Booth. His dad was uh, Calvin Booth, uh, great player from Penn State back in the day. He's pretty much around my age. I think he's in his uh, late 40s. He's an executive for the Denver Nuggets right now. However, I don't want to get into the whole uh, additions and subtractions from these two teams until we get – further down the road because I think there could, could be some more. I don't just want to say, okay, we added this person here. Now this person's leaving, entering the portal. I want to see where the, I want to get to where the, the roster is pretty much set for the most part. And that may be a week from now, two weeks from now, closer to the summer or in the summer. But once I have a pretty good idea that this roster is set for both the men and the women, I will do a podcast on that. I promise. Also, the men's lacrosse team today, they're currently ranked number three. They had a win over North Carolina. So it looks like they're going to make a deep run into the NCAA tournament. And speaking of NCAA tournaments, uh, we'll talk baseball. Last year was a great year for the, the baseball team. They made it to the College World Series. The year before that, they just missed the College World Series. They lost a fair share of players. They lost a great coach, Link Jarrett. He went to his alma mater down at Florida State. However, with the new coach, Sean Stifler, no, not the Sean Stifler from the American Pie uh, series, they, uh, they've been doing better than I thought. They're just on the cusp of the NCAA tournament, on the bubble, if you want to call it that. So we will see what happens there. They won on Thursday night. I watched them on the ACC network. They came back to beat NC State NC State 9-7. But then they lost yesterday, and I believe they play again today and tomorrow. Uh, I know it's at least uh, uh, today. It's either a three- or four-game series, but they're, they're really on the – the cusp or on the bubble to make the NCAA tournament, but I'll keep you posted on that or just check out my Twitter account at Pete Fidoff and I'll have all the updates for them as well. So Matt Doherty, he was one of the coaches in between coach Phelps and coach Bray. And if you know that name, he first made his name uh, prominent. He was part of the 1982 national title team for North Carolina. That's when Michael Jordan was a freshman made that game-winning shot at the end to beat Georgetown. And then he was pretty much a, a coach uh, after he graduated. So I look at my cheat sheet here from 89 to 92. He was an assistant for Davidson, but where he got most of his experience before taking the Notre Dame job was 1992 to 1999. He was an assistant at Kansas under Roy Williams. So Notre Dame, he, he comes here in 1999, 2000 has a really solid year, and it's looking like we're automatic to make the NCAA tournament. Even if uh, we lose in the first round of the Big East tournament, we were in the Big East at the time. We end up, we went 8-8 eight and eight during that season, but we beat some really quality teams that year. Like UConn, uh, 
who else is in the Big East at that time? Syracuse. And we won one game in the Big East tournament that year, but it looked like it didn't matter what we did in that Big East tournament unless there were some upsets during that conference championship week. Bad luck for us, there was. Arkansas ended up winning the SEC tournament. There were some other, I think, mid-major upsets. And that forced Notre Dame out of the NCAA tournament. We ended up going to the NIT. We were NIT runner-ups, runner-up against uh, uh, Wake Forest. So it was a really solid season uh, because Notre Dame, prior to that point, was mediocrity at best. Coach uh, Phelps retired in 1991. Uh, We did have a 1992 NIT runner-up with Coach McLeod, but from 93 into 98, I think it was just, and I'll get into the the stats a little bit later, but I believe it was just a NIT quarterfinals in, excuse me, 1997. So this was a pretty big deal for Notre Dame basketball. It's like, hey, I know it's not the NCAA tournament, but we were runners-up in the NIT Looks like Coach Doherty is going to turn this thing around. I think at the time he was probably 37, 38 years old. So fairly young at the time, you know, just breathing a fiery type guy, breathing, you know, new life into this program. But here's the thing, North Carolina, uh, Coach uh, Smith had retired a few years earlier and Bill Guthridge had done a decent job. I would call like a band-aid job for North Carolina. He was stepping down and they had offered the job to Roy Williams, Coach Doherty's boss at the time. And he was a uh, North Carolina assistant for the time. I believe he graduated from North Carolina as well. They thought he would take the job. He declined it. He stayed at Kansas. Their next choice was Matt Doherty. And even though he was only one year at Notre Dame, a lot of his teammates like Michael Jordan, alumni were calling him to say, hey, you got to take this job. You did a great job at Notre Dame in just one year from a pretty much a pedestrian program for the last 10 years. And he took that job. And the thing was, you would think, oh, that's the perfect job for him. He's going to his alma mater. It's a blue blood program. I know Notre Dame, the name is blue blood, but for basketball, it is not, especially during that time. And you just think it's the perfect job for him. It ended up being a, the first year was pretty decent and he has some really good recruiting classes. But after that first year, even before that first year, it started out not the greatest and it ended to be a disaster. And I just started thinking, I thought, Once he left North Carolina, he did have some success at some other schools. He really didn't. It was mediocrity at best. I just started thinking, was Notre Dame his perfect job? He just didn't know it at the time. You just always think, yes, as I said before, Notre Dame's not a blue blood in college basketball. This is a stepping stone for Coach Doherty. But this may have been his perfect job early enough in his career, only 37, 38 years old. And he just didn't know it. And I just always think, you know, some of the jobs we think are the perfect job for us because we end up, you know, this is our dream job growing up. But sometimes a job you already have may be your dream job. And that could have been the case with Coach Doherty. So let's just take a look right here. So he comes to Notre Dame. As I look at my cheat sheet here at his overall record right now. So let's go. Okay, here we go. So at Notre Dame, he was 22 and 15 and 8 and 8 in the Big East. And that one, the Big East was just rocking. And then we had an NIT runner up and he goes to North Carolina. So that first season, the I want to just go off. I'm not going to say 2000, 2001. I'm just going to say the new year. So 2001, 26 and 7, 13 and 3 in the ACC and tied for first in the ACC. They lose in the second round of the NCAA tournament. So not a great tournament run. 
but a pretty solid season for his first year. As I mentioned before, he's getting solid recruits as well. Second year, it starts to become a disaster. So for 2002, 8-20, and 4-12 in the ACC. 2003, 19-16, 6-10 in the ACC. And they made it to the NIT quarterfinals. And he is forced to resign at uh, North Carolina. They either say resign or you're going to get fired. He chooses to resign. So he ends up taking a, let's see, it looks like he takes a year off. Actually, two years off. And then in 2006, or no, I'm sorry, it's, it's actually... It would be, yeah. So, yeah, he took two years off. and No, it's three. I'm sorry, it's three. So, the 05-06 season. So, let's just say 2006. Ford Atlantic, he goes 15-13, and 14-6. Uh, and six, That's the Atlantic Sun Conference. So, not bad, but that's that's pretty much a, a mid-major school. Well, it is mid-major school. And then just one season at Florida Atlantic, like at Notre Dame, he goes to SMU, a bigger program. So for 2007, they go 14 and 17. 2008, 10 and 20. 2009, 9 and 21. 2010, 14 and 17. Finally, in 2011, 20 and 15, a winning season. But then in 2012, 13 and 19, and he's fired. So since then, after coaching, um, I'm looking at my cheat sheet here. Uh, Doherty was a scout for the Indiana Pacers uh, in October of 2012. And then he did that for a while. And then he was hired as the Atlantic 10 Conference Associate Commissioner for Men's Basketball. And then he, he resigned from that in April of 2019. He's wrote, written a couple books lately. And, but here's the thing. The thing that he did when he came to North Carolina, you... And usually you do you do bring your own assistance, but North Carolina didn't like it. He brought his own assistants that had been with him at Notre Dame for a year. He said, hey, I'm bringing my guys. The current North Carolina assistants are gone. And that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. His current pl- uh, players didn't like that. The uh, players he played against, his former uh, uh, players that he played with did not like that. His former teammates, that's the word I'm looking for. And Coach Dean, or former Coach Dean Smith, didn't like that as well. To me, I admire that. You know, why do I have to have, if I'm bringing the philosophy that went so well at Notre Dame, I'm backing up the guys that are below me. You know, it's like if you're a manager, the people that work for you and say, hey, these people are with me uh, day in and day night. Um, I would go through hell or high water for them. They make me look good on a daily basis. And hey, I'm bringing these guys with me. And it's not to be like a, I don't want to say butting heads type of thing. Here's the thing, though. He's just this strong personality, very brash, quite too brash than he should have been. As I said before, he was 37, 38 years old. Had he gone about it in a different way, not being so brash and arrogant at the time, maybe things would have gone differently. But as I said earlier, I don't, I don't fault him for bringing his own guys with him. Uh, because he was successful at Notre Dame with those guys, he's probably going to be successful at North Carolina as well. But that, as I said earlier, just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And it just started out, even though they had that really good first season, it just started out on a wrong uh, note with his uh, current players, uh, administration, Coach Smith, and just it didn't uh, it didn't start out very well. So from the Culture State podcast, uh, and this was from 2021, so two years ago. And actually, I think it was in, was it May? Yeah, May 5th, so pretty much exactly uh, 
uh, a year as of yesterday. Coach Doherty says here, uh, he's like, when he got to North Carolina, I had no time to acclimate and get adjusted. And I was coming from the outside, even though he was a former North Carolina player, but he had been gone for a good, see, he graduated in 84. So this was uh, 2000. So 16 years he had been away from the program. And he says here, this is from the Culture State Podcast on May the 5th, 2021. The more I think about it, the more I wish I had stayed at Notre Dame. That's 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 pretty ballsy to say. Say that right there. I had a good job. I could have been there forever. I mean, Mike Bray is still there at the time in 2021. And he's one of, and he's the one that followed me. If I had to do it over again, I would have stayed at Notre Dame. And I start to think too. Had he stayed at Notre Dame, and nothing against Coach Bray, would he have had the success that Coach Bray has? Coach Bray has the most wins of any Notre Dame coach of all time. Uh, But he did have, he wasn't the greatest recruiter, though. I think Coach Doherty would have been a better recruiter. The thing is, though, I know he says it now, I should have stayed. But let's say he continues to have good seasons. 2000, they go to the NIT. Next season, they go to the tournament. The next season, they make to the Elite Eight. You know, Coach Bray went to two Elite Eights in 2015 and 2016. But here's the thing. Let's say he has success for the next four or five years. I got to think some major blue blood school is going to be calling. And maybe let's say, let's say North Carolina ends up hiring someone where he's mediocrity at best. And then North Carolina ends up calling him again. I just think had he stayed at Notre Dame five, six years with success at Notre Dame, I got to think he's probably going to leave anyway to another school because Notre Dame is not a blue blood college basketball team, especially, especially at that time. I'd love for the coach Shrewsbury to make it a blue blood team, but let's be honest, Notre Dame's administration did not put the resources in to uh, the Notre Dame basketball team for men and women's. Uh, they finally got some, uh, Upgrades to the facilities for the the basketball team. And and it's really nice facilities for basketball. And hopefully that continues the success for the women's team. And hopefully gets success for the men's team. But for coach, let's just look at the women's team from for a good 10 years. It was just either Notre Dame or UConn sprinkle and Baylor, you know, with the the Brittany Griner days, but it was pretty much Notre Dame and UConn. And they did that with not the greatest facilities for coach McGraw. But then finally, they did get those facilities, and I think that's really going to help both men and women's teams. But what I'm trying to say is, I just think had Coach Doherty stayed, he's probably going to leave. If if he does have that continued success, he's probably going to leave in probably four to five years, if not sooner. However, let's just take a step back. Let's just say in a perfect world where he knows, hey, when I let's just let's just say he he could foreshadow. And say, God, if I if I go to North Carolina, if I if I had taken that job, it was going to be a disaster. From the even though I had that first good season, it's going to be a disaster going forward. And Notre Dame really is my dream job. If he knows that in a perfect world, in hindsight, yeah, he probably stays. Twenty, he's probably still the coach right now. And God knows, maybe we have a national title. I'm just saying, in a perfect world scenario, where he knows all the what ifs. If I take this job, if it's a disaster. This is truly my dream job. If I stay here, keep my uh, nose to the grindstone. Don't get, uh, uh, you know, too arrogant. You know, yes, still have that, you know, confidence in myself. Uh, 
uh, you know, that so-called quiet arrogance, but not get too big where I, I rub people the wrong way type of thing. I get this really good thing going and I can just keep going and going and going. Yes, I do think in that perfect world scenario, Coach Doherty really would have had this, this program kicking. Uh, but I still say, though, taking a, a step back from that perfect world scenario, I think if he continues that uh, that upward climb for Notre Dame men's basketball, some blue blood's going to snatch him up. Uh, or a, a program that's more known for their basketball would snatch him up is what I'm trying to say. But here's the thing. Let's say he didn't uh, keep having Notre Dame go up and up and up. But the thing was, at Notre Dame, as I said earlier, and I, I'm hoping the case isn't this is with Coach Shrewsbury because we found out with Coach Bray, it, For let's just take a step back. For all those years, and even let's say during the Coach Phelps era, Coach McLeod era, up until a certain point, and the Coach Bray era, up until a certain point, if the kids graduated, kept their nose clean, you kept your nose clean, and just no major scandal uh, between you or the players, as long as the team's 500 or slightly below 500, making a, a tournament here and there, making an NIT, you're going to be able to keep your job. And to further my point, let's just say Coach McLeod, the 91-92 season, let's just say 92 season, they went to the finals of the NIT. And that's a podcast I'd like to do at a, a point two. Even though that was an NIT team and they didn't win the NIT, they were runners up. To me, that is one of the top five Notre Dame basketball, men's basketball teams I've ever seen. That was with Lafonso Ellis, Damon Sweet, Elmer Bennett. They were, they could beat any team in the country, but the problem was they could lose to any team in the country too. Great athleticism on that team. Great team. Uh, but let me, I'll do a podcast on that at some point. But after that, 93, he's 9 and 18. 94, 12 and 17. 95, 15 and 12. So finally back into the winning column. 96, 9 and 18. 97, 16 and 14. And yes, that team, as I mentioned in the podcast uh, previously, they did make it to the NIT quarterfinals. I believe they lost to Michigan. Yeah, they did. They lost to Michigan at home. And then 98, 13 and 14. And then 99, 14 and 16. So he wasn't fired, but I think they kind of came to the point where, hey, things aren't going so well. If you want to go back to the NBA, we have no problems with you doing that. And so he resigned and then went back to the NBA to be an assistant coach. So the thing is, with with Coach uh, with Coach Bray, or no, I'm sorry, with, with Coach Doherty, what he had, this is what I want to get to. When he inherited, what he inherited from Coach McLeod wasn't much. I will say he did have a McDonald's All-American and Troy Murphy. But other than that, there was just a lot of solid players on that team. And in year one, that team just really, I, from what, yeah, that team upset. Yeah, the more I think of it, they, I, as pretty much growing, I mean, I've never seen Notre Dame beat a OSU football team. And just any sport, pretty much. I know we've beaten them in some other sports, but it seems like whenever I'm at the event, OSU beats us, but in the 99-2000 season, that was the OSU team coming off that Final Four run uh, from the 99 season, that magical run they had when uh, Jim O'Brien was the coach. I know they took that banner down because there were some minor NCAA infractions, but to me, OSU went to the 1990-1999 Final Four. But we had played, that's when, 
I think the, the Schottenstein, or maybe it was the year before the Schottenstein Center opened or Value City Arena, whatever you call it. It was either year one or year two. But they, one of their first, well, I don't know if it was the first game of the year or one of the first games of the year, they played Notre Dame uh, at the Schottenstein Center. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a blowout. I know we have a new coach, but Notre Dame's, Notre Dame basketball the last 10 years has been average at best, pretty mediocre to, I, I mean, you're seeing more losing seasons. I mean, if you look at Coach McLeod, he had one of his one, two, three, four, five. He was there eight years, and he had one, two, three winning seasons. As I said earlier, Notre Dame's philosophy at the time, despite having three winning seasons in eight years, just keep your nose clean, the players' nose clean, graduate the players. As, as long as it's not a total disaster, you're going to keep your job. However... Coach Doherty, that first season, he goes into Columbus, Ohio, and Ohio State was really good that year. I mean, I think they were a top five team. I know they lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament, but they still had a pretty quality team that year. They were pretty much top 10 for most of the year. They ended up upsetting. Uh, it, it was at the at the buzzer, but they, they held their own that game. I believe it was Danny Graves was his name. Yeah, Danny Graves hit a game-winning shot at the end, and that was a team with Troy Murphy. But they just had one really good player and a lot of solid players. What I'm trying to get is Coach Doherty turned that team around really damn quick. And I know we thought, and he probably thought too, his teammates, former teammates, probably thought, former coach, Hall of Fame coach Dean Smith probably thought, this is his dream job, the perfect job for him to go back to his alma mater at North Carolina. Doesn't look that and we'll never know. We'll never know. I mean, we're not Marty McFly or Doc Brown that can go back in a time machine and say, hey, hey, Coach Doherty, stay at Notre Dame. Stay at Notre Dame to see what would happen. But I do think if he had stayed at Notre Dame for more than five years and if he had figured out, let's say if he figured out, hey, yeah, I know all these blue bloods are going to be calling me, but I got a good gig here at Notre Dame. Even if we do struggle in a couple years, I'm always going to be safe. If I struggle at North Carolina, they're going to be calling for my head. And that's what they did at North Carolina. That forced him out of a job. Uh, he did get fired more or less. But I think, so let me take a, let me take a step back. I know in my earlier analysis there, I thought, oh, he would leave after four or five years if Blue Blood called him. But let's say he figured out, hey, this is where I need to be. I, I can have this job as long as I want, as long as my kids graduate. They keep their nose clean and I'll get on their ass all the time to keep their nose clean, to graduate, go to class. I I keep my nose clean. I don't get into any scandals or anything like that. I could be here for as long as I want. So I take I'm going to take a step back and say, hey, I think he's going. I think had they progressed in the next couple seasons, who's this? I say, hey, he uh, he's got the record, and this is nothing against Coach Bray at all. At nothing against Coach Bray, but I think I'm going to say it right now. I think. Coach Matt Doherty has the most wins of any men's basketball coach uh, to coach at Notre Dame. I'm going to say that right now. He would have the record instead of Coach Bray. And who knows where Coach Bray, he was at Delaware at the time. I got to think eventually he gets a he gets a, the call for a major, uh, I don't say a major basketball program because he came to Notre Dame, which wasn't a major basketball program. The major power five school, he gets a, an offer to coach there. Maybe he gets... Maryland. Maybe he gets, gets uh, when Coach uh, Gary Williams 
Coach Coach Bray was from the you know DC you know Maryland area. He gets that Maryland job. I said as I go through this podcast, I keep thinking, I keep taking a step back. And think, well, you know, the more I think about it, you know, Coach Doherty becomes the all-time wins leader for a men's basketball coach at Notre Dame, and Coach Bray ends up being the coach at Maryland, which was, from what I heard, always his so-called dream job. But then he figured out too, I got a pretty damn good gig at Notre Dame. I mean, I'm pretty successful here. As long as the kids graduate, go to class, we all keep our nose clean, no scandal, I can pretty much stay here until I want. And that's kind of what happened with Coach Bray. I know it's probably not the way he wanted to go out in Notre Dame, but he saw too. My time's pretty much passed here. I don't want to deal with the portal crap. Uh, the kids I'm recruiting, things are just not working out right now. It's time for me. I would like to maybe coach in the NBA. And now he's an assistant for the Atlanta Hawks. So as I uh, review right here, so let's just say, I'm going to say, had things stayed with Matt Doherty as the coach, I think he is the all-time wins leader at Notre Dame for a men's basketball program. Who's to say, maybe we go to a Final Four. Maybe, we, hell, maybe we win a national title. I think things could have been really good um, really rocking with Matt Doherty had they continually progressed with, or he progressed the program. And Coach Bray, instead of taking that Notre Dame job, he takes the Maryland job. And who's to say Maryland doesn't have, I mean, after, and that's after Coach Coach uh, Williams, because he, they won the national title in 2002. And then he ended up resigning. But who's to say Coach Bray's not at Maryland right now. And they're more of a powerhouse because they're not a powerhouse now. Or just more, I don't want to say a powerhouse, but more, let's say, more successful. Because uh, uh, they ever since they joined the Big Ten, they haven't really done much at all. But I just think more success than what they've had recently is what I'm trying to say with uh, Coach Bray. So you heard it here. Had things gone differently, uh, back in time, the big what if, I think Matt Doherty is the all-time uh, winningest coach at Notre Dame, for Notre Dame's men's basketball. And Coach Bray is coaching at Maryland right now. So thank you so much. I like to do these episodes, these what ifs, because you just never know. We'll never know. But it's a good thing to talk about um, and just kind of to think. And as you saw with this podcast here, I went one way, but the more I thought about it, well, I think it's really this way. And I, I had my own analysis and you were part of that. So I thought I think that's pretty cool. So thank you so much for joining me for episode 79. And as always, go Irish. Go Irish.